spend a whole bunch of time on stuff that as soon as your life called the vapor is gone, it won't matter at all. All right. And so we want to avoid living a life that doesn't matter. We need to know where we've come from. And we need to know what we're going to leave uh, at the end of our lives if the Lord tarries his coming. But what if you don't know? What if you never figured out? What if a person goes through their entire life and they never get any kind of image inside of what God intended? They never get any kind of picture of what life could have been, what it should have been. Well, their life will be greatly minimized, diminished. They'll miss out on much of what God intended for them. Now, through the history of humanity and God's dealings with man, there have, been, of course, been many people who have uh, had a relationship with God. They've served Him. They've given their lives to Him. And uh, they, they have gone before us, leaving a heritage, a legacy that we can follow. So, some examples of, of individuals that we, realize, we recognize in Scripture are some of God's people who did things like giving their best instead of mediocrity. Remember, Cain gave the best in his offering to God. All right? I like to follow something like that. Uh, we, we read about people who left all of their comfort, all of what they know, because God told them to do it, they were obedient to the will of God. I, I like that legacy. That's something I can follow. That's Abraham. The Lord told him, leave your country and go to a place I'll tell you later about it. And he packed up and just left in obedience to God. Uh, we can read about those who received healing in their physical bodies. Remember, Sarah received healing. She had a barren womb, and she was old, and she conceived in her old age. But that, this is an example of those who were, who were walking with God and what transpired in their lives. Why do I want to know that? Because that's what I'm going to do. They had a relationship with God, and it was written as an example for me, so I'm going to give my best. So I'm going to be obedient no matter the cost. So I'm going to receive God's physical strength and healing and restoration, even in my physical body. Not, I'm not going to have a baby, but, you know, thank you, Lord. Uh, in my physical body. We read about Isaac. The scripture says he blessed his kids. Anybody have children? That's your legacy. You speak life and blessing over them and leave them a good future. Uh, we read about those who declined the world's pleasures, that gave up the world's pleasures because they esteemed the reproach of Christ a greater thing. His name was Moses. He gave up the great wealth of Egypt for God's eternal purposes. Man, he's one who went before me. He's one who left me a pattern to follow. Amen. There are those all through biblical history, through even since then, there are those who experienced great prosperity. And it was the work of God. It was their connection with God that produced it. There are those who, had, who gave things up and they had great sacrifice in their life. And they did it for God's purposes, for God's kingdom. There are those who endured great persecution. And yet they wouldn't bow their knee to this world. 
yet they stood, stood strong in the midst of trial and temptation and people coming against them. Those are individuals that have gone before us. Praise God. So where do we come from? You come from a long line of really good people. Now, obviously, what I'm talking about here, and you'll want to look, look over with me at Isaiah 54 while I'm talking. Isaiah 54. You and I come from a long line of, re, of individuals that had really high-quality attributes, like some of them I've been sharing. I'm not talking about your natural lineage, though. Your natural lineage, you may have come from a great family, had a lot of things you could emulate and things you can follow. You may have come from a bunch of rascals, you know, and there's nothing in them that you want to be in you. That doesn't, that's not the issue, whether you had it good or great. Because, listen, I, I recognize this, that even those who think their life is amazing on earth, maybe they got money coming out their ears, maybe they're respected by a, by by mankind and people look up to them their life is pathetic when it, when you compare it to a, a life in the glory of god and that might not be fully understood by all of us completely but i'm telling you there is more fulfillment and pleasure and life in god's presence than in anything you could ever experience on this planet and so let's always tie back to that if i don't have that i don't have anything if I don't have him, if I don't have him, he's not pleased, I don't have anything. Amen. But you come from, watch, our heritage comes from those who walked with God. I come from a long line of people who were obedient, who were faithful, who enjoyed God, God's blessings, who were satisfied to, to the full, who lived a full life. That's who I follow. Now look at Isaiah chapter 54. Uh, notice over here verse 17, 54, 17. It reads this way. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. You ought to know that verse. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Yeah, well, what's the heritage? This is. This is our heritage. And I, I think we need to see and recognize that we come from a long line of success. So how do you, you don't even know me. If you're in Christ, if you're not, hold your seat. We'll give you a chance to join. Okay, come in to the family. But if you are a part of God's family, you have success going all the way back. I mean, you have a long line of good things before you. You are totally set up to succeed. You're going to have to fight against it to not. You're going to have to push hard and really go the way of this world to not succeed because it's in your spiritual DNA. Amen. Now, sometimes I like to just think from the natural side. You know, I was, I was remembering classes. Uh, these weren't my favorite, but um, some of you are more biology-minded than others. Don't you remember those classes when they showed you the video of how, of conception? 
and I don't know who the camera guy was, but how he got in there. <laughs> but you remember those videos? And that showed the little swimmers? <laughs> Had the little tail or something. I, I'm trying to remember what that looked like. But there was a gazillion of them. And they're all swimming along. And they're all going for the egg. Remember that? And out of all those little dudes, uh, one of them reached. One of them was successful. One of them had victory. One of them got the prize. You know who that was? That was you. <laughs> I tell you, before we even started, we were victorious. We were winners. The very fact that we exist shows that we had some success built into us. Hallelujah. But then going on to, of course, our spiritual DNA, once you come in Christ, now you're a part of a new family. Now you have a new heritage. And I tell you, we have, we have some great examples to follow. Look at the, listen to this. This is the amplified version of part of that verse, Isaiah 54. It, it reads, this peace, righteousness, security, triumph over opposition is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, those in whom the ideal servant of the Lord is reproduced. What is our heritage? Come on, man. Peace, righteousness, security. I love this. Triumph over opposition. If anyone sees themselves and thinks of themselves themselves as a loser, as a failure, one who always just ends up on getting the short end of the stick, quit it. Quit it. That might be your experience, but stop looking at that because that's not who you, what your legacy is. That's not where you come from. You come from a long line of success. Amen. Yeah, I know individuals sometimes come and, and, and they'll say, man, I've just really been getting beat up. I mean, it's like trial after trial. It's like attack after attack after attack. And this might sound not real compassionate. I don't mean it that way. But stop looking at that. Get your eyes off the problem. Get your eyes off the failure. Get your eyes off of how things have gone before and begin to see yourself according to your heritage in Christ. You have a long line of victorious people behind you. You're set up for it. The way these things work in this family is we always win. You in the family? Winner. And you've got a lot of people around you who will remind you. But you know you're overcoming this, right? But you know you're victorious, and you know you already have the victory. You know it's already yours in Christ. You know there's no chance in Meridian uh, <laughs> that you're going to lose this battle. Not going to happen. Anybody need that voice once in a while? We do. Amen. Let me read you a couple verses. John chapter 13 and verse 15, Jesus said, for I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. If I see Jesus do it, if I see it in his life, that's who I am. That's, the, that's who I follow. That's who I emulate. Philippians 3.17, brethren, join in following my example 
and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. I, I, would, I would present the question, who's your pattern? Who are you following? Who are you, emu- who are you emulating? Who do you think after? Say, well, I'm my own man. I have my own thoughts. Eh. <laughs> I think all of us are doing more emulating than we realize. We are listening to people. We are following people. Well, I follow the Lord. I don't follow any people. Baloney, you follow people. And it's God's plan that you follow people. You just have to follow the right ones. You have to be able to discern right from wrong, good from bad. This is a godly example. This is not. Huh? But there are many examples for us to follow. Many things set up for us in our life. And honestly, a lot of it's not good. It used to be where, they, where, where there were standards in life. And too often there, is, there are no standards anymore. But when I think about the legacy that went before me, who am I following? What am I looking to? What am I, who am I emulating? What does God design for me? What's his plan that, you know, that no weapon formed against me will prosper? And then I think about what, le- what kind of legacy am I leaving? What about those who go after me? If you have children, what about your children? Even if you don't, what about, uh, you know, those who know, who know you? What about those who uh, will, will think about you? If you, if you were to uh, have, you, you know, pre-plan your funeral, or just those talking about you after you're gone, what would they say? If everyone were honest, how would they talk about your life? What would they remember? What would they say, yeah, they were like this, and that's really something we could follow, or you know, was it, well, you know, he sure could drink a lot. He sure could hold his alcohol. <laughs> or he, he sure was good with the ladies. I, I'm just asking, what kind of what legacy do you want to leave? He, he made a lot of money, but, you know, didn't really have much time for his family. And he didn't fall for all that church stuff. See, this is not where you come from. Your heritage is now the family of God. It's the best the world has ever seen. Hebrews chapter 11 speaks of those who gave their life for the Lord, to the Lord, and for the Lord. It says the world was not worthy of them. I mean, there are some high quality individuals that have gone before us. And I think those who come after us need to see an example of a person that has some standard, it has some nobility, if you will, has some, has some excellence about their life, some God attributes. What defines your life? How could we describe it? How could we describe it in the, in the, in the rears after you're done? Uh, I, I, if you have children, you've probably heard this language at some point. Uh, when your kids come to you and ask, you know, can I go here? Can I do this? Can I go see this? Can I be involved in this? And the answer is no. And their response is, but all my friends do that. Never heard that one? But everyone else is going there. Everyone else listens to this. Everyone else sees this. Uh, other, my, my friends, they're allowed to do this. And, and what often a parent will respond to that line of thinking with is, uh, but you're not your friends, right? 
that's not who we are. That's not who we are in this family. We don't do that. Everyone's pretty quiet on me. You know what I'm talking about? Is that, am I in the realm of your life anywhere? What, what, what's happened in our, in our society is often people no longer have any boundaries. They no longer set up any roadblocks, if you will, for themselves and say, you know what, I don't go there. I don't do this. I'm not going to be one of the ones who acts this way. And some with the even, with the even notion of that, they, they wanna, might want to cry legalism. They might want to cry, you're putting us in a box. You're putting us in bonds. I'm not even talking about someone from the outside putting it on you. Huh? We have, if you're a believer, we have the Spirit of God inside of us. Amen. He leads us from within. He will guide us and direct us. Are there any places we shouldn't go? Absolutely. Are there any standards, any boundaries, any lines that we should set up for ourselves and say, based on who I see as my heritage, those who went before me, they wouldn't go there. They wouldn't do these things, and so I'm gonna, that's who I am. Whether those around you, whether those you work with, the, the natural family you grew up with, they might have no boundaries at all, but what about you? Do you have any? What do you set up and say, this is not who I am. I am, and we get it from the Lord's example. We get it from the apostles' example. And even contemporary examples of those who have success in God, those who get their prayers answered, those who have a relationship, those who have standards, they have integrity, they have morality. Huh? We learn, still learning from each other. But where are, we, where are we getting those lines? Haven't you seen in, in over time, in over the last dec few decades, how those lines have moved in society? They used to be in a certain place, and now, you know, they keep moving back, 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 further, further, further. It becomes normal. I mean, if you, see, if you look on primetime television and see what, what's shown today, you look and go to a PG-13 movie, which, you know, is supposed to be okay. You know, 13 and older can see it. Yikes. Sometimes it's pretty brutal. If you, I mean, because if you were to take the same material and go back a few decades, there would be public outcry. People would rise up and say, what are they doing showing those two people in bed together? They're not even married. Ah! They, people would, would, they would boycott without anyone leading it. Because they weren't the bad guys in the show. They were the heroes. Nowadays is what I'm saying. But you go back a few, de few decades, and that stuff wasn't considered acceptable. But now it is. What's happening? The line's moving. How, how many think we should remember that the Lord doesn't change even though society does? And if we live our, if our lives, if our standards, whatever you set up for yourself is based upon what you view in, in the world today, man, that's a pretty rough standard. That's a, that's a moving standard. And I tell you, it'll fail you. But if we say, you know, I'm going to stay with the Lord, period. That's my heritage. That's where I come from. And that's what I want those after me to see as an example in my life. This person just simply wouldn't cross certain boundaries. They set it up for themselves. They had integrity. And they said, no, I'm just not going to go there. Sure are quiet here today. Everybody okay? 
Pastor, teach on healing. (laughs) Again, how would people describe us? How would those who follow us describe our lives? Is it some of those things we mentioned before? Or, I don't know, when you tell your, your, if you have kids and you say, well, this is how our family's going to act. This is what we're going to do. What, what is that? You know, maybe it's, hey, you know, in our family, your friends may do things different, but we're going to speak the truth here. We're going to be honest 100% of the time. We will absolutely be truthful. You know, we're going to show up on time for stuff. Well, everyone's late, but that, we're not everyone. We have, we, I'm just saying, saying, giving a suggestion, obviously revealing some of my own standards. We're just going to be on time, you know. We're going to take care of our stuff. We're, well, everyone's cars are in their rooms and their yards are a mess and everything. Well, that's not us, though. You're not in that family. You're in this family. See where, where, where I'm getting at here? We're going to be respectful to others, no matter what they do. We're, we're going to be kind to people, even that are, that are unkind. Why? Well, that's who we are. You know, we, we're going to put God first in our lives. We're going to honor him with the tithe. In our family, he's getting our first money. What? That's who we are. That's the work of God in our hearts. That's what's going to be one of our standards. So I'm not trying to impose anything upon everybody else, but I've got to be able to define where did I come from? Who am I following? Are the people that I'm following, are those who I see in Scripture? When I look at Jesus, how did he conduct himself? How did he think? What governed, what rules and principles governed his conduct? And are those governing mine? Or am I getting my example from somewhere else? And if I am, who, where, why, why, how's that working out for them? Everybody with me? I want to, I think our legacy in Christ is that of faithfulness to God and his people to each other. We put God first in, in this family. What family? This family. You up for that? I know it's just a principle and there is an outworking of that, but there are some things that we should be able to say. We are going to put God first. Amen. We are going to be generous. It's just, who, it's just who we are. Someone has, man, you, you want to be one of those people that individuals say at your funeral, man, they'd give you the shirt off their back. I don't know. Do you want to? You want to be known for generosity? Uh, they're kind to the unkind. They live a principled life. They don't cave to temptation. They don't run every time there's a problem. Amen. I can't handle this. Well, we can. Why? Because I have a whole list of people who went before me. That doesn't mean it was comfortable, but they dealt with it. And they said, yeah, but it's the right thing. Yeah, but God's going to help us. Yeah, but no weapon formed against us will prosper. So I'm not running from the problem. We're going to win. We're going to be victorious. We're not going to be run over by life. We're going to be champions in Christ. And give him all the glory and all the praise. I want to read you a verse from Joshua chapter 24. And uh, it's verse 15. Some of you are familiar with it. You can turn there if you like, if, if you're quick. Joshua 24, 15 reads this way. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord... Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. 
Now, he's talking to a certain group, obviously. He says, he says whether the gods of your fathers, your, the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Man, I like that. I want to follow that. I want others after me to follow me in that. I, I want to do, I want it to be said, not that I do it perfect and I don't. I want others to be able to say after me, he served the Lord. His life was in service to the will of God more than his plan and his purpose and, you know, just fulfilling his own fleshly desires on earth. He was committed to doing the will of God for his life. You were born for a purpose. You were designed with something in mind, something God has that's amazingly special, and it's significant, and it's a part of his eternal kingdom. Commit to that. Commit to the will of God. We were created for his glory. We were born to serve the Lord. When doing this, fulfillment is present. Outside of that, you're all, it's all, all fulfillment will be temporary. All fulfillment would be, yeah, that was good. And I thought that's what I wanted. But after a while, it just seems to wear thin. After a while, it no longer does it for you anymore. But I tell you, living for the Lord, committing to his ways, you and, all, and your house, that's whatever's in your control, your authority, your, your realm, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen. I mean, you've heard it before, you never see a hearse pulling a U-Haul, right? You can't take it with you. Man, there's got to be some eternal elements to our existence. Michelangelo made this statement, you know, the great sculptor. He said, uh, every block of stone has a statue inside it, and it is the task of the sculptor to discover it. And I know this for certain. Every person who has come into the family of God, they are by very nature of the new birth, the recreation in Christ. They are something beautiful. They are something special, talented, gifted, good-looking, rich, blessed, favored. They are something amazing of God's design. Sometimes there are the thoughts, the thinking, the ways of this world that, that keep it clouded. But you're still in there. Huh? There's, there, I'm still in there. There's, there I, there's still some things that need to be chipped away. But when we chip it all away, how do we chip it away? By, by seeing the real us. By seeing what's of God and what's not of God. And the moment we see what's not of God, we take it out. We recognize that something that's not consistent with our spiritual heritage. It's not consistent with the ways of Christ. And we say, chip, chip, chip. And if we'll continue to do that, I tell you, we're looking good. And better and better all the time. Yeah. I went to church this morning and we had a church chip. What happened? The junk got chipped away. The junk got chipped away. Amen. 
And I recognize sometimes individuals get into relationships and they have, they're surrounded by people that are very, it's very difficult to continue in that. I don't want to fall into the trap where every time someone doesn't do what I want, I'm going to label them toxic, which is kind of a trend. <laughs> but at the same time, I recognize there are individuals that enforce their view of you, and it's not right. And there are others, hopefully a whole bunch of us in here, that will reinforce in each other God's views of us. This is who he says you are. This is where you come from. This is our family. I don't know about how everyone else does it, but this is the way we act in our family. We win. We conduct ourselves this way. We think this way. You know what I'm talking about? Behavior, attitudes, receiving from God. You know, Sarah was healed. This is the way it works in here. So I got this uh, whole long line of health problems. No, not anymore. No, it stops in here. That's not our legacy. We have a legacy of people who receive help and health and victory from God. And it's falling off you just as you sit in here. It's because of the atmosphere. This is who we are. Amen. You can go to some restaurants like one right up the street. And, and when you come out of there, you smell like their old grease. Please change it. It gets in you. I mean, you can go to some places, and I tell you, you come out smelling like heaven. Why? Because of the atmosphere of God's presence and His glory. Because of the legacy of who the family of God is. There's stuff that doesn't belong, and it's chipped off, chipped off, chipped off, chipped off, chipped off. And as we continue and go through our lives, more is chipped off. More falls away. Yeah. We're constantly working on, on that to this end here. We do the growth track so people can discover what's on the inside. So people can identify, this is how God sees me. This is, how, this is what, he, what he says that I am. From that position, <laughs> we're laughing. Come on, man. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. <laughs> Every tongue that rise against us, we condemn because we are not of that. This is our heritage as people of God. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. Let's find out. And let's re keep our eyes on the prize. Let's keep our eyes focused on who he says we really are. Amen. Let me pray for you now. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for your life. Thank you for your life working in us. Thank you, Lord, that your word is helping us to see. Your presence is helping us to have clarity to identify, to recognize the family from which we come from and how we can leave a legacy of righteousness behind us. Father, I pray for individuals today struggling all kinds of junk that's not their heritage in the Lord. Help them to see who they really are now. Father, reveal to them your great love and your great plan for their lives so they can rise up and lay hold of every good thing that's in them in Christ. And thank you for the victory that is ours today. In Jesus' precious
thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, for your presence here, we just thank you. You're moving across the building. You're moving in and through and among. Thank you, Lord. We so value, we so treasure everything you say and do. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. First of all, let me just say this, and, and let me just minister to this. If you're having uh, issues in your elbows, your joints, you just lay your hands on if it's one or two, three or whatever you got. I'm going to pray for you now and speak life into that. And if the pain is going to leave you, watch. In the name of Jesus, command all that pain to go. Leave everybody full functionality. All of the muscles, the joints, the nerves, the tendons are all restored back to perfect right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We thank you, Father. We thank you that it's so. You're so good to us. You're so good. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, so many people have been praying. So many people have been crying out and seeking after God. And it's been building up. I'm talking not just for individual needs, but for God to do things corporately. It's been building up and it's been stacking. And, and there's a broadening happening. A broadening of the, the reach of what we're able to do. It's extending out even now. The Lord is doing this because He heard what you asked. He heard your heart's cry and He heard your desire. And there's, a, there's an enlarging taking place, even within what, what God is doing here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for showing us these things and the great days to come. We commit our ways to you. Cast all of our cares upon you. And we receive of your best. Let me just ask this minute before we do, before we finish, before we do something real important. Uh, how many would say, I had problems there in my arms, my elbows, and it changed there when we prayed? Lift up your hands. All right. Oh, wow, a bunch of them all over the place. Praise God. Thank you. Wonderful. Another one up. All over the place. Isn't God good? Again, like we say always, this is Costco. That, well, not always. But that's just a sample. You have other needs? Our healing teams will be here to pray for you for anything. Anything that goes on. That's just a sampling of God's power. It's a demonstration of what He wants to do for everybody all the time.